It's poverty. It's crime. Unemployment. Corruption. Accountability. The energy crisis. Inflation. We are worried. That South Africa has myriad problems on all fronts is a given. But the time has come for us to look for real solutions. I'm Jeremy Maggs, and this MoneyWeb podcast will discuss those solutions on how South Africans can solve problems by having tough conversations and drawing on the insights of South Africa's top business leaders. Welcome to Fix SA. Today we are going to welcome a unique voice, someone who is deeply rooted in compassion, in dialogue and in fostering unity. The Anglican Bishop of Johannesburg, Bishop Steve Moreo, is known for his tireless work in advocating for social justice, education and peace. And he's long been a beacon of hope, guiding us towards a more harmonious South Africa. And that is something that we would all get behind. So let me dive straight into this conversation as we explore this time how humanity and a commitment to change can serve as real catalysts for healing and and for unity. Bishop, a very warm welcome to you and thank you so much for joining us. Maybe as a starting point, if you could share your perspective on the role, not just of your church, but of churches, of the religious community in addressing social and economic challenges facing this country. And maybe my cynical question is, do you think you're doing enough? Thank you, Jeremy, for inviting me. I think as a church, we are trying to do the best we can. And sometimes the the problems are so much overwhelming that we end up um, criticizing ourselves and and feeling bad about ourselves and fighting one another. Yeah, in in our Anglican Diocese of Johannesburg, when you have a conversation with the different leaders within our congregations, parishes, there's so much little good that has been done or are been done in mm-hmm. parishes. And here's the problem for me, is that we don't take time to celebrate and appreciate the little good things that we do. And as a result, we end up looking at bigger pictures instead of just each one of us doing the little we can do to change the situation within our own influence. Jeremy, I cannot change the problems of South Africa. But the little things that I do around the people that I meet and able to influence, I think that's where we should start. It's difficult, though, not to be overwhelmed sometimes. If you and I had to sit down and list all the problems, you would probably be late for the Sunday service. Right. And we're only recording this on a, on a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. It's, it's hard, but uh, we can be overwhelmed sometimes, can't we? Yes, yes, we can be. We can be. And sometimes I feel that we, as a country, and from the people that I meet, mm-hmm. It seems as if we are enjoying the space of being overwhelmed and we don't want to uh, make efforts to get out of that. Yeah, the problems are huge. It's an interesting thought that because maybe we take some solace and some comfort in the fact that it's angry, there's nothing we can do about it, so we'll just continue to be angry because it's almost a safe default position, isn't it? Jeremy, um, five weeks ago, my daughter came to me and said, you know, Dad, I'm, I'm angry about what's happening where I work. And I said to her, girl, 
anger won't deal with the situation. Mm. You need to go beyond that and engage those who feel they've aggrieved you if they give you the opportunity. But if they don't, make every effort to engage mm. them because you'll, you'll come home with anger, go back to work with anger, and that's not going to mm. solve the problem. Bishop Moreau, you'll always beat me in a spiritual or, or an ecumenical argument, but I would counter you by saying that yeah. anger doesn't serve a purpose, but sometimes a little bit of righteous anger about injustice is not a bad thing. Jeremy, I'm happy that you're talking about righteous <laughs> anger. Uh, once you use that word righteous mm-hmm. anger, that suggests to me that there are different kind of anger. Yes. So righteous anger is good. And uh, as a Christian, but also as a South African and a Motswana guy, yes, we must have righteous anger so that we can solve the problem or start solving the problem that we have. Mm. But if it's the opposite of righteous anger, then the results are not going to be a nation building, community building. If you talk about righteous anger from scripture, God was angry with God's people, Mm. but it was always, the intention was to bring them back to God's self. And now if we have a righteous anger, and it brings us back together as the community. That's okay. So let's close the loop on your story then. Uh, if we're using your daughter as a metaphor right. uh, for problems, what advice did you give her? I said to her, you are feeling the anger. And the person who has made you feel the way you feel might not be aware of that. So take an initiative to engage the person. And I'm happy to tell you today that she did that. Then she came back, not the problem being solved, but at least this open communication. And they're able to engage and working towards understanding each other and uh, creating a right environment for them to work as a team. So let's extend the metaphor then. Yes. What I'm also hearing you yeah. say is that in fixing any problem and in fixing South Africa, sometimes we are so focused on wanting quick solutions that we become angry and frustrated. And let's be quite honest, after 10 years of of being in the wilderness of deficiency, it's going to take a lot longer and perhaps we also need to exercise a little bit more patience. Jeremy, I'm sure you saw the video that I recorded, was recorded during my The Hosanna Cry. Have you seen that? I have indeed. Do you know that on Monday, I felt such a great challenge within myself? And this is what I I felt in my own reflection of the day before. And I said, okay, Steve, you have challenged the city officials in public. Mm. And the question was, then, what are you yourself going to do to make sure that we solve the problem. And I was aware on Monday that it was not going to be a quick fix then. Mm -hmm. So that is why in my small way, I started engaging the speaker of the city to say, come, let us talk.
yes, you reacted by coming and doing the cleaning, and at the end of the day, it was dirty again. And I realized that I think I need to engage. You know, politicians, they use all stakeholders. Uh, and mm. whoever I am able to meet and have a conversation with, I will do that. Jeremy, it has been my passion since I became a priest that it is important that we seek as best as each one of us can reconciliation conversations and they are not going to be easy sometimes we need to have robust conversation in order to solve problems can i use just my certainly go ahead my Setswana way of dealing with matters mm. we always say in order that we should stay together as a family there must be some fight so when you and I fight, it is the best time for us to be open and discuss the issue. You can't just decide to go away. You must stay. Providing the fight doesn't tip into rage. Exactly. Which is often what happens here yes. as we try the rebuild process. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. So we stay together. Mm. You are stuck with me. Mm. You are stuck with me. We are a family. We must solve it. Mm. Even if I decide to walk away, but there must be a time when I need to come back because I'm part of the family. And, and I think my cultural way of dealing with this issue, it's so in line with the biblical principle of uh, seeking peace with one another and loving one another. I want to challenge you on right. two words that you've used, yeah. talking and conversation. No uh-uh. one is decrying the fact that dialogue is important in terms mm-hmm. of fixing a problem. But you would concede in South Africa, we are very, very good at talking a problem almost to death. But often out of that dialogue, there is very little implementation. How do we get that part of things right? Jeremy, I've always find it that in our country, it's easy to talk to each other and talk about each other. I've since come to learn that having a relationship, getting to know you, who Jeremy is, mm. for me, it's so important. And I've always sought out to listen to your story. When I was at St. Martin's, at that time we had about 65% white and 35% non-white. And we were talking about reconciliation and talking about issues of South Africa. And then we ended up in a big meeting realizing that we are having perceptions, underlying perceptions about one another. And it was when we started uh, creating small groups of saying, share your story with one another. And each story is unique. And it was only when we have done that we were able to move from talking into having robust conversation with the intention of building the community. So how do you take that concept and make it bigger in order to fix this country? I've always believed that it is in private conversations that we need to start. You invite me to your home for a cup of coffee and getting to know each other. Mm. 
and listen to your story as you listen to my story. In our homes, Jeremy, I've got four teenagers, my grandchildren. And whenever we sit and we talk, I make sure that in their comments, I help them to talk positive about our country. And you listen to them. It's, if I, as a grandparent and as, as parents, we, we don't help them at that stage, yes. we're going to have a problem. I mean, one of your questions that I looked at was, what would I say to a young person? What kind of a country would they like to see in 20 years? We'll answer the question now. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I normally leave that one until the end, but it's, a, it's, a, it's important. You've brought up your grandchildren. Yes. And they seem to be more optimistic, perhaps, than the older cohort. So what have you told them? Jeremy, my, my baggage about where we come from in this country, I can't teach that to my grandchildren mm. or to my children. What I do in my home is create a space where once a week we sit and we ask each other, what was good in your school situation? They would ask me, what was good in your work? And what were those things that make you feel angry? Mm. And, and then we talk about it. And it's cathartic. In other words? It works well for everybody. I think it will work for, for, for everybody. Mm. Part of the problem, though, uh, Bishop Steve, is that South Africans, there's a lot of alienation. There's a lot of mistrust riven by what has happened in the past, as you've alluded to, and often there is a fear to talk to each other. How do you think we can overcome that fear? Because the moment we are able to to use, again, your metaphor of going into each other's homes and drinking coffee, that's a lot of coffee you want us to drink, um, we will perhaps be better equipped to deal with problems. But it's overcoming the, the trepidation. Jeremy, if I can ask you and say, Fear of what? Fear of reprisal sometimes, fear of uh, rejection, fear of being embarrassed, and maybe fear of the unknown because we don't know each other's cultures. You know what I say to white parishioners in the Diocese of Johannesburg? What do you tell them? And I constantly say, it. <laughs> I, I constantly say, Jeremy, yeah. don't feel bad that God has given you this skin color. That's God's business. Mm. And that's what God chose to give you. So therefore, don't feel bad about it. You are a human being created in the image of God. And here I'm bringing now my theological departure point. Created it's, why in the, it's why we invited you. Yeah, yeah you, mm. you created in the beautiful image of God. And I have worked with Bishop Tutu and I've taken that in. And you are a child of God. Whether you're a Christian or not, you are a child of God. Archbishop has been saying that God is not a Christian. I must be careful about that. But it's true. God is, is not a Christian. Mm. You are a child of God, created in the beautiful image of God. And so, therefore, let us not fear each other. I think we need to go beyond fearing into being vulnerable with one another, provided we have created an environment where we can do that. I look forward, Bishop Steve, to that uh, cup of coffee in your home at, at some point. <laughs> Please. Moving on, do you think there is a willing majority of people in South Africa who genuinely want to fix things? And you work 
in marginalized communities. You work with the poorest of the poor. You work with people who are desperately frustrated and might I also say angry as well. Do you think they want to fix it or have they given up? Jeremy, most of the people that uh, I have conversation with who are at disadvantage, obviously they are angry, they lost hope and all that. And my job is to help people move beyond that. And I know that I, I won't solve their problem. I won't be able to give them food to eat. But if people constantly are in the lamenting mode and we encourage them to stay there, it's not good for the people. We need, as our leaders, Bishop Tutu, Bez Nodia, and the others, who kept on saying we are the people of hope, bring hope. And this is what the prophets did. In terrible situations, they kept on saying there is hope. Mm. Again, here I'm, I'm, I'm spiritual. I'm You're being spiritual and you haven't I, quite answered the question. Yeah, yeah. The question again is when you talk to those communities, yes, right. do you get a sense of people who are still willing to give it a crack, who still want to fix things? Or are they so immersed in their own despair that they've given up? Very few. Very few people that I meet with are, uh, are hopeful. Mm. They, they have moved from lamenting into saying, we have problems, let's do something about it. But mm. the majority, as you can imagine, they just despondent and mm. say, that's it. And always blaming the leaders, the government and, and all that without asking the question, what can I do in my little corner? That's a, that's a very sad state of affairs. It is. It is. It is. And uh, we were not supposed to be here. Mm. We were not supposed to be here. And, and I think I, I, when I looked at your questions, I thought, yeah, I'm going to raise a very, I'm going to put something on the table that I think we have not spoken about as leaders in all fears of a communal life mm. in this country. Yes, I'm aware that people are angry. Lots of people need help, practical help and all that. And I've been reflecting a lot recently about responsible citizens. Mm. We have been emphasizing a lot in this country about having responsible leaders. But we have not been talking about responsible citizens. What I mean about that is this. If as a citizen of this country, and I'm able to, and I use the word able to, pay for services, I need to do that. Mm. That is responsible citizen. So that when I call leaders, political leaders, or whoever leaders to account, then I am playing my part. Jeremy, it saddens me big time, big time. When I go to the cathedral, or whenever I drive around in the townships and I see littering, rubbish. I cannot blame the government for littering, for me to litter. And okay. it's back to your argument of people fixing small things. It's the broken windows theory, isn't it? Yeah. So you, you, know, you, you fix the broken window and the moment things start to look better, things will actually become better. Uh, uh, Jeremy, I, I always say to my wife, don't send me all these uh, videos of guys who are stealing cables. Yes. And I, I think 
in the in the future, in the future, Jeremy, if we want this country to be a better country, we need responsible leaders, but also we need responsible citizens. And I've been saying to politicians that I get to meet to say, yes, you can promise people service delivery. But you have not come to that point where you are saying we will deliver to you as a community. But you also must look after the things that we have delivered. You go around in my hometown, big, beautiful hall was built. But people broke windows, they ransacked, they took stuff in there. So Bishop Steve, let's assume that you've been given the job then of starting the fix. Okay, What's the one thing that needs immediate priority and once you've identified that where do you start working on it with my experience around the cathedral and with that video and all that i actually said to the political leaders i said do your work make sure that you get illegal informal uh, traders around the, the cathedral that's your job but i'll make sure that those who come into the service i will challenge them to be, because they are Christians, and I will say, uh, use the word, to be active Christian citizens of this country. I would start by engaging communities Mm. to say that now this is our time to play our part as members of the community. And let me say it again, uh, Jeremy, if we need to pay for electricity, we need to pay for electricity. If we need to pay for water and we're able to, we need to pay for water. I think you've just given us the headline to this podcast because you've said that <laughs> you've said that twice. Yeah. Bishop Steve, um, this particular podcast goes out predominantly to the business community in South Africa. You have an opportunity, as you've just mentioned in this conversation, on numerous occasions to, to engage with political leaders. I'm giving you the pulpit now to talk to the business community in South Africa. I want to know where they are failing and what they need to do in order to help the fix. Uh, I'm not sure whether I'll be able to answer that. <laughs> but I, I can tell you what I am doing in order to help those not only my, are you a priest, but you're a diplomat as well. But let's hear, <laughs> let's, let's hear your answer. Yeah. Those in my fears of influence, mm-hmm. my friends, who are business leaders, what I am doing at the moment is to engage them. And as a, as a priest, as a bishop, to say, how can I help you to be a better leader as a Christian in this space who follows the principles of um, God and of Jesus the Christ in this business space. And then allow them to share their challenges of how they deal with corruption. Some of them forced to sign deals that they know deep in their hearts. They're not right and all that. So that's, that's what I'm doing at the moment. Do you think you're making a difference? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. At least even if I'm not there uh, when they sign, whatever, but at least they know that next time I can ask them, how did that particular business go? Did you face the challenge and say, I'm not going to sign for this, um, despite whether you gain or lose the business? 
so we're coming to the end of the conversation, and I'm, I'm, I'm sorry that we don't have more no, time. No, no, that's fine. But I want to ask you one final question then. Uh, you've raised the issue of citizens becoming more involved. You've raised the issue of fixing small things, doing what you can. Mm-hmm. You've also conceded that we have mega problems in this country. But as we begin this journey of repairing South Africa, fixing South Africa, what would you define as short-term success? Because long-term success is impossible to to even conceive at this point. But short-term success, in the next six months, the next year, what would you like to see turned around? Jeremy, I can only speak about my own situation in the CBD Mm. involving the Parish Council. I have purpose to make sure that I meet with city officials, those who are prepared to have a conversation with me, and because I think it's all about partnership as well. Mm. The church cannot solve the problem on its own, neither the political leaders or any other leader. It is all about partnership and involving everybody else. So I think for me personally, it is to move from being criticizing to calling one another to account. It's one thing to criticize you, and it's another to say, let's be accountable to one another. That is what what I've, I've committed myself as a citizen of this country, but also as a citizen of this city. Bishop Steve Moreo, thank you very much for the enlightening conversation and thank you so much for uh, joining us on Fix SA. Thanks for listening to this Fix SA podcast. For more episodes posted every second Friday, go to moneyweb.co.za, the MoneyWeb app, Apple Podcasts and Spotify, or follow MoneyWeb News on social media for more updates. MoneyWeb, your trusted source for business and investment insights.